Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, it is the Formula Nerds 2022 Season Awards Ceremony. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys across the world. This is the very first Formula Nerds Awards. Today, for James. Girls and boys! I'm going back to the other one. I'm too embarrassed now from your reactions. Um, (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. This is the 2022 season awards special where we're going to be giving out awards selected by the team at the Formula Nerds. Now, there's, there's 27 of us, so the whole team has been voting to nominate for these awards and then we're going to discuss them. Now, to pick the winners for these awards, we have Sam. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, Ollie. How are you? Yeah, I am fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, We have James. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I feel like you've probably won the award for the best Christmas jumper between us. Thank you. I've got my F1 Christmas jumper on here, here in my two cars. And uh, Abby's got a lovely Christmas jumper on, though, haven't you, Abby? Thank you. I do. It says merry and bright and I have a Christmas mug and some Christmas earrings to go with it as well. So I'm feeling very festive for our award ceremony today. Fantastic. Now, this would not be an award ceremony without alcohol, drinks. So I've got um, a trusty glass of wine here. Sam's got his. James, what are you? What's the name of what you're drinking? It is Chimay Pear Trappist. It's apparently a Belgian beer. It's 7% and it comes in a little brown bottle. That's it. That's all I know. And you're going to be um, pretty wasted if you continue drinking 7% beer. So keep, Right, go and get five more. Get, get them ready. Abby, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some Baileys. I do like my Baileys and I drink it every Christmas. So it was only fitting to bring it today. Fantastic. Well, these awards may get, uh, may get rowdy towards the end. But um, Sam, what awards are we going to be giving out today? So we've got plenty of awards in store. Um, colloquially named the nerdies uh ollie was too shy to say that himself 
so I went for it. But no, we've got lots of different categories. You know, the usual stuff that you'd expect: driver of the season, team of the season, race of the season. But we've also got some some other kind of uh, ones that you wouldn't necessarily have: uh, mistake of the season, the least and most attractive cars of the season, as well as the F1 personality of the season award. I can't wait. Should we get on with the first one then? Absolutely. So. Before I begin, I'm going to explain basically the criteria, how we've kind of come to this point. So we asked all of our team of Formula Nerds to vote for each category, uh, who they thought the deserving uh, winner would be, so their nominee. We then have pulled those and the ones that have been nominated uh, multiple times, or if there's only a few nominees, um, will then be voted on and discussed from our panel on this podcast between the four of us. Ollie, James, myself, and Abby. Um, so the first award of the se- of the evening uh, is the driver of the season. The four nominees are Lando Norris, George Russell, Charles Leclerc, and of course Max Verstappen. Oh, it's, it's a fair group. I think that's if I had to pick four. I think it would have been pretty close to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm looking here at, at the numbers um, of, of who's been <laughs> nominated more, but we'll save that to the to the end um, once we've decided on who our winner is. Um, Abby, who whose name jumps off the page to you? Well, obviously, George Russell for various reasons. He got his first F1 pole, his first F1 win with a Grand Prix and a sprint race and Mercedes only win this year. But for me, it would be Lando Norris because he was the only driver on the grid outside of Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari to get a podium. I feel like he had quite a lonely season. He wasn't really involved in many crashes or anything. He kind of just had some lonely races where he just got on with it. And he was pretty consistent throughout all the races. So for me, out of those four, it would be Lando, I think. He was this season's Pierre Gasly, right? He was the undisputed best of the rest in that sense um, so yeah I, I think Norris is a really fair fair shout George was obviously incredibly consistent had those highlights as you mentioned Le- to me Leclerc's the the outlier here I don't know if he quite brings as much to the conversation as the others do uh, when you look across the, the path of the season yeah I mean for me there is there is only one winner of this award uh, and I'm not sure how long we can discuss it for Um, the man who got 15 wins in one season who has become world champion I mean if we talk about a driver of this season that that is who's been the best driver of this season and it's got to be Max Verstappen Uh, I'm actually with Abby I'm going to go Lando I think and this is not just a case of you know, our Max won enough, he doesn't need to win anything else. But Lando, I mean, look what he did to Daniel Ricciardo. He sent him into retirement. Like, yeah, Max has done a great job, but he had a car that was a step above, certainly this side of the summer break. And Lando pretty much didn't put a foot a foot wrong. He was best of the rest in almost every qualifying. And he did all he could. He basically took a, a, a he took the fight to Alpine one single-handedly. Okay, so, uh, all right, let me re-look at this. So you're saying, based on based on the, the cars, taking the cars into perspective, yeah, it was easier for Max to win a race. Um, you're, you're saying that Lando Norris outdrove the car he had. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, to build on what James has said there, 
Lando Norris has ultimately finished the job that Max Verstappen started in terms of putting Daniel retirement. Daniel retirement? In terms of putting Daniel Ricciardo into retirement. So that's why Norris is the, the obvious choice for me. He was so far clear of his teammate. We've come to expect that from Max a little bit. Ollie, I know you were just about to pivot. Do you want to? Do you want to stick with Max, or do you want to join us and make it this uh, unanimous? Now, ha- having heard the way that you've cr- the way that you've discussed it, and the way that you've come to this conclusion, I- I'm going to join you. This is a unanimous decision. Well, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, I feel like I should have some kind of gavel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, congratulations, Lando Norris. You've won Driver of the Season. You're uh, the first winner of a nerdy. Congrats. On to our next award, Team of the Season. So uh, this one's going to be probably a a bit of a quick discussion. Uh, We have two nominees. The first is Mercedes. They garnered one vote out of 19. Wow. And the other nominee was Red Bull. Unsurprising. Hive mind from the Formula Nerves team here. Eighteen um, out of nineteen votes. In fairness, one person abstained from this question, so it was seventeen. <laughs> but still, and, and, and under, under what criteria did they abstain from the question? I'm dying to hear that. Well, they didn't. They didn't actually like. They didn't answer it. Abstain. I said, <laughs> nom- yeah, basically nominate as many or as few as you want on you know, you know each question. That's just a protest vote where they uh, did like scroll to the yeah, piece of paper pass yeah no um, I basically said give me a nominee for as many or few award categories as you as you wish because uh, I appreciate that people might not want to uh, vote on every single category so yeah there was one person who decided not to but they may have just missed it I don't think there's a lot to debate here um, I mean there are I feel like it's parts of the Ferrari team did a great job those that were, that were designing the car but the rest let them down a lot. Uh, I mean, Alpine, aside from reliability, did okay. And, you know, Alpha and Haas kind of improved on last year, but no one did anything that special, really, did they? Apart from Red Bull. And they weren't a nominee, James. So, <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, stay in your lane. Like, you know, you've got two options here. Which yeah. path do you want to take? Yeah, I'm going to. Do you know what? I, I think. I've got nothing to say. It's Red Bull, isn't it? <laughs> There's absolutely nothing to say. What they've done is incredible. And Mercedes, you can't give them team of the season when they've gone backwards from last year. So it's very easy. But see, I disagree because... I did yes, not expect this. <laughs> yes, they've Ooh. gone backwards. But it's a whole new car and a whole new set of regulations. So in theory, they're all kind of starting fresh. And Red Bull breached the cost cap they've had oh here we go I knew that was- oh here we go but <laughs> no right Mercedes they've gone backwards however they started off with a really bad car but they actually managed to improve to get in a win in the penultimate race so I feel like they've had more of an upward trajectory throughout the season whereas Red Bull have kind of yes they had a double DNF in Bahrain but then they kind of just stayed dominant and Red Bull so I'm voting Mercedes so to, so to borrow from Drake they started at the bottom and now they're here. Is, is, is what you're saying, Abby? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Sam, progress. You, Sam, you, it's, you, it's, you, you remind me of my dad. 
not that he's often quote Drake. Not, not that he quotes Drake so often, but it's, like, it, it's, some, so, it's just so awkward listening to you say I'm, something like that. I'm down with the kids. I know pop references, um, pop culture references. I know that Drake isn't pop music. Um, but no, but you're basically saying it's the, the progress they've made, not necessarily the end result. Exactly, because Red Bull stayed dominant from the beginning till the very end. Whereas Mercedes have actually, they struggled, they've realised what they've done wrong and they've kind of learnt from it and they've improved towards the end of the season. So I, I see where you're coming from, but I don't think it's enough. They they dropped the ball a bit and they had a horribly porpoising cart. Their recovery, yeah, they did well and they stuck together as a team. But you have to say Red Bull kind of did that as well to get over those early DNFs that you mentioned and then went on to dominate. So I think it's... True. I think it's a, a no-brainer on this one. Sam, who is uh, Team of the Year then? The Team of the Year is Red Bull. So the next category is Race of the Season. So this, we had six nominees across our group. So we had 19 of us Um Obviously, us four didn't participate, but 19 responses. Silverstone is the first selection. Brazil is the second. And we have Austria, the US Grand Prix, so that's the one at Austin. And also Hungary and Bahrain. So a few nominees here, six selections. Guys, what what jumps out to you immediately? Well, immediately at Silverstone. I haven't been that excited watching an F1 race in years. It just felt like all of the the characteristics of F1 that we love came into play at that race. There was there were good battles. There were mistakes that gave us entertainment. Um, there were on track battles. There was Lewis Hamilton taking the lead at one minute. The crowd erupting. Um, I can't think of any race this season I would rather watch again than Silverstone so that that's going to be my one I mean there were good races but Silverstone stands out to me by a country mile I'm with Ollie uh, yeah it was the one that stood out to me before we before Sam mentioned the nominees yeah there were some moments in other races but I don't think they were consistently as good Silverstone had something pretty much the whole way through you know the obviously the, the drama early on with Max getting the, the damage and then Lewis hunting down the Ferraris and then all the safety car mayhem and like you say the, the through goes Hamilton moment which was I, I believe F1's moment of the season uh, so yeah I think that's that's my vote as well I'm going to go with Brazil because Silverstone was amazing but when I was actually when me and Sam were both at Silverstone on the day and I didn't quite get the same atmosphere because I couldn't see the entirety of the race when I was there so for me, the one that stands out is Brazil because I love Interlagos. It had a great result for Mercedes fans, but there were so many on-track battles. We had Verstappen versus Hamilton again. It was just a great race for me that I felt was really exciting to watch. And I, I never get tired of watching races at Interlagos. This means that it's now all down to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to be difficult, but like Abby said, 
we were at Silverstone, so maybe our, our sample isn't quite what it could be. Hang on. Uh, so we're going to use a, a, effectively a humble brag to, to, <laughs> to go against me and all. And, and yeah, also, we were actually there. No, we were there and it wasn't that good, you know, when you yeah. were actually there. Had to be there. And, and, you know, we, we were paying more attention to F2 and F3. Yeah, we, we were in the media suite, you know, we weren't watching the actual action. Rubbish. God, it was the best of the year. Easily, man. <laughs> Sam's going to vote down the, the Belgian Grand Prix, no, the Italian Grand Prix, because he was terrified on the back of a scooter. See, for me, I think it it would be Brazil. Because, again, everything Abby said, it just, yeah, it was a great race. Also, Sprint Weekend into Lagos, it just... It's just brilliant. Um, but what I was thinking when all of you were making your selections was, I can't remember what I said the race of the season was when we kind of did our end of season review. So I don't, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to contradict myself. You didn't say anything, my, don't worry. My instinct is Bahrain, which is weird because so much of it was so, like, it was kind of dead in the middle. But there was so much promise. There was so much anticipation for what was going to be this amazing season-long battle between Red Bull and Ferrari. So that is what my instinct is telling me, is, is Bahrain. And unfortunately, what that does mean is that my selection, I could have I could have decided to be a, uh, you know, uh, make a tie there as opposed to you know breaking a tie. But yeah, my selection is Bahrain, which means Silverstone takes it two to one to one. I think I, I, I see what you're saying, Sam. Uh, Bahrain was exciting. It was just so long ago, I can't remember it. But um, <laughs> yeah, okay, Silverstone. Yeah, so congratulations to Silverstone and the British Grand Prix. Um, not only did you have two fantastic attendees, you also won the nerdy <laughs> for race of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but James did mention moment of the season, and that is our next category. So this one... We have had to narrow it down because we had quite a few different uh, nominees. Um, and so we've narrowed it down to ones that had multiple selections. So first up is Charles Leclerc crashing at Imola. Someone made the issue point that it was at that point that they knew that it wasn't going to be Ferrari's year. So that is the first nominee, Leclerc at Imola. Second is, of course, and through goes Hamilton at Silverstone. He'll get the slipstream and he's got the DRS. We saw the rear wing open. This is going to be very close into Stoke Corner. Yeah, Perez is catching Charles Leclerc. He takes him towards the inside. Perez on the inside. Charles Leclerc gives him just enough space. Can Perez squeeze past the going wheel to wheel towards Vail now? Who's going to be last on the brakes? Leclerc has that inside line. Which, obviously, as you already know, me and Abby missed. Um, third is <laughs> Bettel reaching three and a half thousand laps led in his career. Fourth is Kevin Magnussen's pole at Interlagos. Look at the scenes. Down at and lastly, and I'm going to read this verbatim because I, I thought it was 
poetically written um, when it was nominated the first time. And it's Piastri's I haven't signed shit tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just, I actually laughed out loud when I read that. Oh man, there's some good ones there. Um, there are some really good nominees. Oh man, I tell you what, I'm just I'm going to discredit the first one. Um, if it, if it had been Norris podium rather than Leclerc crashing, I may have looked at it differently. But uh, you have to go with the nomination. So that was that one. Um, through goes Hamilton. I mean, I still get goosebumps from that moment. Like, I literally, even thinking about it gives me goosebumps. Obviously, it won't give you guys goosebumps because you couldn't see it. Um, but but the Kevin Magnussen poll, I think, having spoken to to Jan Magnussen, sort of knowing knowing that knowing how how they are and what it means to them, I think I have to go for that. And it, oh, I'm a bit stuck. Come back to me. I'll take that up then. Uh, I'm I'm kind of a little bit torn between them myself. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can tell you too. It was great watching uh, uh, and through goes Hamilton. Particularly because I so called jealous. it. <laughs> like I said, some I was watching it with my mum because I was back in the UK and I was like, "He's got them." And then he went through, and it was the only fist pump I did all year. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't you say fist pump with fist your mum over F1. That is that is that's an award in Don't itself. Don't twist my words. No, I, no, I've got a que- I've got a question. Do you fist pump in your regular life outside of F1, oh. or is it an exclusively F1 thing that you do? No, I think if you're really into something, you're watching sports wise. I think. That's the only thing that would, you know, <laughs> I don't care about anything else in life, apparently. But, uh, I, I, <laughs> you know, it's that moment. It's that like, oh, go on dear. moment. That I'm not saying like, <laughs> it wasn't. Can you just do the fist, how you did it for me here now? Oh, no. no was it uh, the most or was it, uh, thing? It's just like Sam and Abby, you have to be there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, oh, dear. But yes. Uh, I, I think for me, Magnuson Paul edges it personally. That was that was the moment for me, uh, as particularly with the fact that Lewis then immediately got bodged off by Checo and lost that position anyway. Yeah, see, I, I, I guess I'll come back to this point, but moment of the season, I think I'm le- I, I, I lean more towards selecting Lewis overtake at Silverstone as as, as that option. I think it's more deserving of that award than maybe another award that it might well be a contender for. But for me, and again, partly it could be swayed by by, 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 by my reaction to it or the way it was worded, but the Piastri tweet, tweet the, the drama, the chaos, just completely threw the F1 silly season into absolute disarray. It was high drama and it was just exquisite I I have no notes on it I couldn't have worded it better myself it was fantastic the whole saga as it unraveled was fantastic for me so yeah my vote is is the piastri I haven't signed shit tweet that is like a key moment of 2022 but I'm with Ollie and James it's gonna have to be K-Mag's poll because that was completely unexpected like I never thought that this season would see pass get pole position I mean they got double points which I was really pleased because I was like are they going to do that this year is Schumacher actually going to get them and then K-Mag got pole so for me it's his pole position yeah okay I've made my decision I'll go with K-Mag okay well I mean that takes it then K-Mag wins 3-1 to one. so K-Mag and his pole position win moment of the season so 
Yes, congratulations to you, Kevin. And uh, moving on, we have the most attractive car of the season. I'm particularly excited about this one and the next one, which is the least attractive car of the season, because it might be somewhat validating for me um, and will affirm the article that I wrote just before the start of the 2022 season where I ranked the cars in order of most attractive. And I this <laughs> out of all the figures I've done, written, said with Formula Nerds, this is the one that got the most visceral reaction to it, that, that article. Um, and I'll explain why in a bit. But the nominees for the most attractive car of the season are Ferrari, Aston Martin, Williams, McLaren, and the Alfa Romeo pre-season livery. What was the Alfa pre-season? It was the black and grey camo. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was nice. I... How many people voted for that? Well, there was, there was, I mean, this is this was what was one where there was only five selections, so one vote would have got you onto the uh, onto right. the nominee list. So there was one vote for it. <clears throat> okay. Now <laughs> we we have spoken about uh, McLaren, and I think before they ruined it, it was it was my choice. And I know you hated it, and I know you all hated it. Actually, I'm not sure about Ollie. I know I, Sam I hated it. I didn't hate it. I about to unravel. I hate it. Over, over the looks of a okay, car. So it was Sam and Ollie who hated it, right? Yeah, I mean, I still think before they ruined it with all the, the chrome stuff, I liked it personally. But I know I'm not going to win that vote. Uh, so uh, I think the Williams was really nice, but again, it just ended up... This is kind of a problem across the board, though. Most of the cars in a hunt for weight loss ended up mostly black. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. my my one actually I was considering hasn't been mentioned, and it was Alpha's regular livery, just because they actually utilised the yeah. the wheel covers. That was what I wanted from everyone this year, and no one really did it, apart from the chrome, no, hate, which is not great. I hate, I hate wheel covers. I think they're well, they're there though, and they look better when <laughs> when they don't look yes. when they don't look True. like a spare wheel. Yeah, like, you're right. You're right. When they they just look so bad with that like spare wheel bulbous black like standard one that everyone has. They look even worse when it looks like spin the wheel um, for McLaren. But yeah, yeah, I I quite like the Alpha one. I think that's quite subtly done. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna go just about with. Aston, because I think they nailed the green this year. Uh, yeah. The Ferrari yeah. was very good looking, uh, but the Aston, we were, we were all so excited about British Racing Green coming back, and then last year it was too dark. I think it was spot on this year. Now, I can't believe, just, just to say that the Mercedes hasn't been mentioned, because this was a year that they've gone back to silver. Oh, I was thinking this, but it, 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 it encapsulates both livery and the look of the car. So the bodywork, the shape, yeah, yeah. so on and so forth. And I was a little bit shocked with the Mercedes to begin with, but it really grew on me. It, it, a little bit like their season, Abby, you'll enjoy this. It started kind of <laughs> badly. Maybe at the and bottom. By the end of it, I was and like... by the atom, it was here. <laughs> as a great man once said. As, as, as the great philosopher Drake once said. <laughs> um, no. By the end of the season, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I've got to be honest, right? The the grey for me 
Okay, it's silver, but to me, it looks like that typical 2002 Ford Focus grey, right? And it just it just doesn't do anything for me. I've got a few models here of the of the black ones, right? And they look awesome. Yeah, the silver didn't do it for me, but I'm surprised still that the big return to silver wasn't mentioned. I'm I'm gonna go. Um, now, at the start of the season, I said Ferrari was the best looking. They just nailed the colour, and it just looked beautiful with the black as well. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Aston Martin. I, I still, whenever I see it, it's just gorgeous. It just looks like what racing should look like, and especially with that lovely light green that they've got on there. Yeah, absolutely, Aston Martin. I, th- I think that's fair, Abby. I, I know that you would have loved to have been able to vote with Mercedes. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not on the docket. So, uh, well, where does your heart lie now? The Mercedes actually lies in 2021 with the black Mercedes because I prefer that <laughs> over this year's car. But I'm the same as Ollie and James again, Aston Martin. I voted that my favourite at the beginning of the season and it has been all the way through. It is just the perfect looking car. And with Alpha, I prefer the normal livery like James, that they actually use on track throughout the season. I wasn't a massive fan of the camo one. Um, but yeah, it's Aston Martin for the best livery for me. Fair enough. I mean, with Mercedes, that have you ever seen that video where they the black Mercedes from last season comes out of the pits in Austria? Oh no, it's 2020. And this is when they had the kind of... With the, the uh, Star Wars yeah, Imperial March and, music. And it just, yeah, yeah, and it's just so menacing. So I, I, yeah, I love the black. Um, I said Aston Martin at the start of the season. I loved the, the shape of the car. It was different. Obviously, that that philosophy didn't work, which Drake probably could have told you. Um, <laughs> but in which song, Sam? Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just testing your Drake knowledge. I knew you didn't have, have any more I've, than that. I have one um, Drake song uh, on my. Spotify. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Uh, other artists are available. <laughs> Many other artists. Um, Drake didn't feature heavily in my Spotify wrapped. You'll be uh, interested to know. Yeah, for me, it's Aston Martin. The Ferrari, I actually thought they, on the right lines with the colour, slightly too dark though. But the Aston Martin, at the start of the season, beautiful. Even when they changed it to a green Red Bull, still beautiful. The one that I was actually disappointed wasn't mentioned or nominated was the Haas, which I think the optimum Haas was when they'd got rid of the the Eurocali sponsorship and just had a plain white car in testing. I thought that was a phenomenal looking car. So I was a little bit disappointed that Haas weren't nominated, but Aston Martin was the selection I made at the time, uh, at the start of the season, so I'm sticking with it. So it's unanimous. It is unanimous. The second unanimous winner of the evening is Aston Martin for the most attractive car of the season. And that leads us on nicely to the least attractive car of the season. Um, I'm not going to... Oh, well, I better do the nominees actually first before I let James you know, <laughs> unpin his human grenades that he's become uh, on this matter. So the nominees are... Mercedes, McLaren, Haas, and Alpine. So James, over to you, McLaren, <laughs> the only one to feature on both lists. Yeah, there you go. Divisive. 
gets the people going. Just making more hip hop references at this point. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, that one. I did get that one. I got that one. Jay Z, Kanye West. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I really liked the the combo of the the light blue with the papaya at the start, of the, and they just progressively made it worse. So I I didn't understand why. I mean, it's subjective. All liveries are going to be subjective. I was surprised, let's say, how how much hatred it got, certainly from within the nerds team at the start of the year. Because I think it won, it won, didn't it? It won the BBC vote for best to worst livery. That was before yeah. the Chrome was added. But if you ask that question in Italy, who do you think is going to win? Like, it's the same, yeah, same but phenomenon. McLaren aren't the only British. British. No, but yeah, but there are so many options. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. All right, fine. But you get my point that it's somewhat swayed by the fact that it was a BBC vote. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they, the BBC, from what I've seen, generally the, the fans support Lewis a lot, and I don't think Mercedes did very well on that. I'm going to say, well, worst of the year. I, I don't think Alpine even deserved to be on that list, to be honest with you, because um, it wasn't pink. Oh, Abby has raised her yes. eyebrows. Um, I didn't think it was awful. I think McLaren was the worst. I'm going with McLaren. I'm Alpine. I... Even though, like, the majority of it was blue, I just really didn't like the pink on the car. It just didn't work for me. So for me, the worst was Alpine. No, it, it didn't work for me either. Um, there, in fairness, Ollie's mentioned the, the, the pink Alpine there. That actually did get one vote, but this was one that had you know, quite a few different selections. So we narrowed down the options uh, here to ones that got multiple votes. So, yeah, the pink Alpine got an honourable mention as did the McLaren Prome Special. So you could consider that another vote for McLaren. And on that note, I'm obviously voting McLaren. It was the worst looking <laughs> car at the start of the year, and it also suffered pretty badly when they started ripping paint off it. Yeah. The Alpha Tauri didn't do too too well because they changed the colour of the front wing. I mean, the Alpha Tauri was a funny looking car, didn't really work either. Um, but yeah, the Williams as well suffered from the, the doing away of, of all kinds of colour. Which reminds me a little bit like the 2023 Maserati Formula E car. It looks great on top, but there's just no colour on the sides. And it really irks me, it bothers me, it upsets me a lot. <laughs> that's when, that's oh, like when I go sunbathing. Therefore. I look great in the front, but my sides and my back don't look great either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so, glad, Ollie. When I go sunbathing, me and my partner, we have a system of... I'll keep an eye on you, make sure you don't burn. You keep an eye on me. Guessing like a los- lobster by the end of the oh, mate, that, is, that, that tells me was, so much about your relationship. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I care and pay attention. This is not other people in the relationship this discussion to go. What are we about? Yes, Drake and girls. Shall I bring it back to liveries? Is that okay? Yes, it's my vote's McLaren. Uh, yeah, well that's clear, and I am going to make things difficult because. It's Alpine for me as well. It was it was the most disappointing for me because I felt like there yep. was so much potential and it had Sean Bull, you know, the, the internet sensation, livery sensation, and he hiked it up and then it was kind of just a bit crap. Like, it had, he kept talking about it being Miami Vice, but it just... <laughs> the, my biggest bugbear about it was the fact that they had the pink and then they kept the red... I think it's like... Al, I can't remember the name of the sponsor... But like, there's a bit in front of the side pods that's red, and the pink and the red really clash. It just felt a bit lazy. I'm uh, just going to say, Sean Ball, that, it's not his fault. He would have been told what to oh, design. Oh, yeah. No, I know. 100%. Oh, yeah. He he's he's shown what he can do. 
know. yeah. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, he's clearly great. It's not his fault, but that was it. Was a letdown for me, and so now we're split fifty fifty. And what do we do here, Sam? Do we flip a coin? <laughs> I think no, at this point, it's, it's, it's Sam's going to. <laughs> so, okay, I thought you were going to say that <laughs> I would explode if you go to McLaren or something. Make another <laughs> grenade reference. Well, no, it's it's a joint award, but I will I will tell the numbers. Also, just before I do that, James, you you mentioned Miami Vice that you might want to update your popular culture references. He said I'm it. With, I'm I'm with Drake. Like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm 2022. You're like 2005, man. Hey, it was Sean Bull who said it was Miami Vice, not me. Oh, I'm joking. Um, okay, so the numbers, <laughs> McLaren. Not including the Chrome special, which got a vote, had four votes. Alpine got two. So if we were doing that as a tiebreaker, McLaren would take it. But I don't think James would. So we're going to jointly award (laughs) this category to McLaren and Alpine. Congratulations. You battled over fourth and fifth in the Constructors' Championship, you didn't think you'd be battling over this. Uh, but you are. And it's something that you can share. You have to play nicely with this toy. Okay, I'm so next, how, how many votes did the Mercedes get? The Mercedes got five. Wow. wow. Really? The Mercedes got five and the Haas got four. So what I was going to say, actually, on the, on the Mercedes was, I did think, like, it ended up a little bit messy once you factored in, like, they... The silver and teal was always great. And I think, like, they were saying how much I missed the black Mercedes. The one where, like, it faded towards black at the back and had the, the millions of little stars was a stunning car. Obviously, the, the, the 2020 was kind of the inverse of that. But this year, I don't know, it, it just didn't really do that much for me. And then they added the red, and then they added the neon yellow for Lewis and the blue for George, and I felt like it was just the colours didn't really go. See, that worked for me. I liked it. Mm. I'm surprised though that no no one's mentioned Haas because Haas is the most boring looking F1 car. Which no, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not is, wrong. You know what car looked brilliant in the late '90s, and the the Jordan was a fantastic looking car. Um, and actually, that reminds me that yeah, the grid on the whole kind of livery subject, the grid is missing two, well, one thing at any given time. That is a yellow car or a green car. Uh, it never seems to have both but anyway yeah the Jordan of the late 90s but the, the Stuart cars of the late 90s so simple but so elegant yeah and Jan Magnussen would would love that we mentioned that so <laughs> yeah but okay I agree with the Jordan I don't agree with that so let's move on Sam okay let's let's do that okay so next up is funniest moment of the season so we had quite a few nominees for this. So I have whittled it down again to selections that had multiple uh, votes for them. So first of all, we have Nicholas Latifi taking a wrong turn at Suzuka. Car, that was strange. Anyways, I'm okay. Those of you who remember this will remember he also then tried to blame the car quite confusingly. Um, so it was a bit of a bizarre moment. That was good. Next up, we have Carlos Sainz confusing Nick DeVries for debris. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was hoping that made a humorous radio exchange. <laughs> DeVries uh, behind on a hard lap. 
Third, we have the space hopper incident from Silverstone between oh, yeah. the yeah. McLaren pair of Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris, which I didn't because that was <laughs> again. This is where the humble brag like falls apart. <laughs> that was on the, the new main straight. However, F two and F three are situated on the old pit straight. Oh, this is the this is what we want. <laughs> Lando, that, that collision did not help you. Daniel Ricciardo in the lead. Lando Norris has stacked it down the main straight. Here comes Ricciardo. It's going to be no- <laughs> what When they said they might get injured, that wasn't one of the possibilities. Daniel, Lando, we've got a replay. Are you okay? Oh, sorry. I can't see. I can't see. Oh, no. Is it? Is there? Look, here we go on the replay. Oh, you know when you do something and you realise you probably shouldn't have done it. It was too late. Next up is the Red Bull boycott. I'm not sure how f- funny this is. Mm. It was funny weird as opposed to funny haha. So you know, fair. Lastly, we have Fernando Alonso slandering Lewis Hamilton at Spa Francorchamps for their first lap incident between the two. Yeah, what an idiot! Closing the door from the outside. I mean, we had a mega start, but yeah, this guy only knows how to drive the starting first. So there are five nominees. So we have some 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 very very funny moments in there, guys. What is the instinctive kind of that's the biggest ha ha moment for me? All right, I, I was going to go with Latifi, but somehow I've managed the debris and defreeze thing. But that made me laugh the most just then, so I'm going for that. I'm also going to defend Latifi a bit because he got a lot of stick after that for blaming it on the car, and he didn't. He was saying it was a, it felt weird when he did the 180, and that just got twisted a bit, I think, to to fit the the Gotifi narrative. Uh, so I'm with debris, debris. Uh, I was hoping that made it, and it did. That's my vote. See, before we were recording this, I was thinking of some funny moments throughout the season. And the Lando and Ricardo one came up, even though I didn't see it in person. I did see it afterwards on YouTube, and it still made me laugh. But one I thought of was Verstappen over the radio saying his DRS doesn't work, and that he pushed it 50 times, and it was actually (laughs) him being the one that turned it off, and he should just press it once. But as that's not a normal name, I'm going to have to go with Ricardo and Norris with the space ones. Yeah, see, again, I'm with Abby. My natural thought isn't on that list, so I will go with Space Hoppergate um, for my my option. What I wanted was, and Max has so many funny radio moments over the year, but he also has a lot of funny moments of him explaining things to other drivers. <laughs> and this has become a bit of an internet sensation yeah. within uh, F1 Twitter and F1 social media. <laughs> but the moment where he's explaining something to Charles Leclerc and he just kind of like, you know, raises eyebrows and like walks off drinking from his water bottle, just completely uninterested in what Max has to say. That was my favourite moment of the season in terms of humour. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go Space Hopper, as I've already said, which I think makes it another tie. There's another does. tie. It does. So uh, it come on, with the votes, with the votes, Sam. With the votes. Okay, so 
Carlos Sainz confusing Nick DeVries with Debris, uh, which is easily done, fair enough. And also Nick DeVries is not a name that has been heard that much over team radio up until this season. That had two votes. Ricardo assaulting Norris with a space hopper, with a space hopper, as I have it written down here, got five. <laughs> it was a, a, a runaway winner amongst our panel. I do remember watching it live, and I watched it live with Claire, who's my wife, and she was on the floor crying with laughter watching that. Um, I was more concerned that he wasn't going to be able to race. But um... <laughs> for, for me, that's when McLaren decided to buy out Ricardo's contract. <laughs> that was bad. That, that, that was too far. You assault our drivers, no, you're what? out, bruv. <laughs> yeah, basically, you attack the Starboy. What do you expect? So, yeah, I think obviously we'll, we'll give it as a joint award to Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris, as well as Carlos Sainz and his engineer. Um, but yeah, lots of funny, funny moments and many that we didn't get to discuss. Um, so if you have your own, let us know at info at formulanerd.com. Okay, so next up we have underdog of the season. And this is the first one that could really be open to interpretation, I guess. Um, there's lots of, lots of different factors and we didn't actually specify because I was kind of intrigued as to what people might say without any direction. So our nominees for underdog of the season are Fernando Alonso. He is joined by his teammates, Esteban Ocon. Third is Nick De Vries. Fourth, Kevin Magnussen. And fifth, Zhou Guanyu. Who's your underdog of the season? Okay, um... Fernando Alonso, he's not an underdog. He's a proven success, right? He's, he's... a two-time world champion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to discredit that one. Um, I'm going to go with Nick De Vries. We didn't expect to see what we saw. He came out in uh, Monza and scored points. It was it was incredible. No one expected it. Um, in terms of underdogs, he defines that in F1 for me. Fair. James, what about you? I, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with De Vries, but I'm going to because I was hoping he made it in uh, and I was worried until you got to your very last mention of the nominees and Joe surpassed all expectations. Everyone thought he would just get trounced by Valtteri. He was a pay driver and he was in a weak F2 field that he didn't even win. And he did great and he was very unlucky through the year. And I think he made people genuinely respect him as a driver uh, so I'm going to vote for Joe yeah he's a, he's a prime example of your points tally doesn't actually give a representative showing of your season and also let's not forget that his 2022 season is what is effectively stopping Teo Porcher from taking that seat for 2023 so credit to him for that absolutely that is a very very fair selection Abby what about you like James said it is hard to argue with DeVries I originally was going to go with K-Mag because he just achieved the pole position this year, which was amazing for him and for Haas as well. But I'm going to stick with James and I'm going to go with Joe Guan Yu because 
He scored points in his debut F1 race and he had a massive crush at Silverstone, but he managed to bounce back from it. And I know F1 drivers know that there is the possibility that they'll crash and it can be really bad. But that one, like he spun upside down halfway across all the way the gravel, flipped into the fence and he just came back from that. So mine is Joe Guan Yu. But even you though you actually see it. No, in fairness, actually, it, genuinely, I don't want to sound a bit weird saying this, but it was actually quite upsetting watching. I, mean, it was, I imagine it was upsetting watching it anywhere. But it was upsetting. The atmosphere was like very, very muted. It was a horrible thing to kind of witness. It was, yeah, pretty upsetting. Pretty upsetting. Um, but for me, I was naturally drawn to Kev Magnussen because not necessarily for his pole, but for his P5 in Bahrain. A few weeks before, he was his F1 career was done. It was said, you know, it was all over. And that comeback, I think, is fantastic, completely unexpected. So I'm drawn to Kevin Magnussen, but I'm also quite drawn to Esteban Ocon. People don't expect him to be able to compete with Fernando Alonso, and he does. And yes, he only beat Fernando Alonso in the point standings this season because of Alonso's bad luck and reliability issues. But I think he's been much more competitive than people necessarily thought he would be. But I'm not quite going to go with Ocon. I am going to stick with Magnussen as my vote, as underdog of the season, because of the journey that he's been on from, I was going to say couch to P5. If only there was a fun couch to 5K segue that I could you know, make work better than that. But no, in fairness, he wouldn't be on the couch to another series. But for me, it's Kevin Magnuson. You give me stick for my segues on the new show. <laughs> <laughs> the couch to 5K segue. Oh, yeah, classic. Well, it's that time of year, isn't it? Everyone's going to go through Christmas and then January 1st, everyone's going to start the couch to 5K. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Every, all the listeners know it's going to happen. Everyone does it every year. Anyway, that means that Magnuson obviously gets one vote from me. Nick DeVries gets one vote from Ollie. But Zhou Guan Yu takes it two to one to one, courtesy of James and Abby. So congratulations to Zhou Guan Yu. You're the only rookie in the 2022 field, so therefore rookie of the season. But you are also now underdog of the season as well. So congratulations. It's very much deserved. So that was the eighth of 15 awards for you to enjoy this evening. So that seems like a perfect time for a little break. We're going to refill our drinks and we'll be back in just a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so next up is the one that Ollie has been waiting for, or one of two that Ollie has been waiting for. He's going to be very, very excited when I announce it. I'm, I'm excited now, mate. Two part award. <laughs> the nominees for Best National Anthem of the Season are. The Dutch National Anthem, the Italian National Anthem, the Brazilian National Anthem, the British National Anthem, 
And my favourite nominee is anything with a beautiful orchestra and no singing. I would have hoped that Mexico came up into this, but it hasn't. That's one where Sam quoted that they sounded like they're out of Shrek. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to go for the Brazilian one because they you could hear the singer, you could hear the band, and it it worked. See, that's funny because the Brazilian Grand Prix is the one where I mentioned that all I was thinking about was, oh, look, there's some overhead shots of Sao Paulo, and then there's the kid who's holding his heart on the wrong side of his chest. Oh, yeah. Unless he is a very, very minute percentage of the global population who have their heart (laughs) on the other side of their chest, it's not really appropriate. Um, So I can't vote in all good conscience for Brazil. Because Uh, one kid had his hand on the wrong side of his chest. Because I I can't accurately give a reading on it because I was so distracted. Not not the kid. Let's leave the kid out of this. Sorry for bringing him into this. But I it, it clearly didn't capture me at the time. I, I hope this kid knows. Elsewhere. I hope this kid knows that he's been part of the Cuts the Race podcast for like three weeks now. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a good chance he, 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 uh, he will because one of our competition winners recently was a listener from Brazil. So we do have listenership in Brazil. Uh, so shout out to all our Brazilian fans. Anyway, for me, personally, I'm with anything with a beautiful orchestra and no singing because so many times this season, the singing has been what has ruined the national anthem. Okay, not British, not Dutch. Italian had the potential to be really good, but we couldn't hear it. Um... Fez, I know that we were there at Abbey and... This is obviously a running joke, but I remember the British one being particularly bad this this season. Yeah, it was an electric guitar, didn't it? It was all a bit. It did too much. Um, oh, Brazil was from quite good. Eurovision. Was Sam Ryder. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, Brazil was good. It had an orchestra, but I'm going to go with Sam. Some the singing has let the national anthems down sometimes. So sometimes it's just nice to have the music playing instead. Can I just say I forgot that I forgot that nomination of just the music, so I'm going for that. Yes, James, you let's, could let's make it unanimous. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't want taking that the scene. easy way out. Yeah, congratulations to all national anthems <laughs> on the F1 calendar that don't have any <laughs> any vocals. Uh, I don't actually know how many of you are out there. Uh, there's somewhere between. One and twenty-two this season. Um, <laughs> we next season we ha- we have a couple of new slash returnees. We've got Qatar uh, will be returning. America will get another American national anthem. I like I like that they do this thing slightly differently uh, for each race in America. So fair play to America for your multi-entry. Um, but on the other side of the best national anthem is the worst national anthem and this will be won by one sole national anthem because there is no group vote can I tell you who it is sorry Sam can I just tell you it's the US Grand Prix (laughs) (laughs) it's got to be Uh, well let me go through the nominees before we uh, uh, and again 
I'm I'm very disappointed that the Mexican Grand Prix doesn't make this list. I thought that was very much deserving of at least a shout out here. I guess it got one in some way. First up, we have the Spanish Grand Prix. We also have the Italian Grand Prix and the British Grand Prix and the Dutch Grand Prix. So the duality of the Italian, British and Dutch national anthems on full display there. And also the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And the final nominee for worst national anthem of the season is, of course, the US Grand Prix Yes! Austin. Yes! I'm just, for a second there, man, I thought it wasn't going to be on it. No, no, of course it is. Oh, dear. All right, well, that's my vote. It, it, was, it was... Oh, man, it was so bad. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. <laughs> James? Yeah, it was terrible. US. Simple. Done. I agree, US. Hook, line, sinker, Austin, US Grand Prix, you've won worst national anthem of the season unanimously. Congratulations. Let's move on. Okay, so the next award we have, and I kind of mentioned this earlier in the show, I kind of preluded this award. It's the Overtake of the Season Award. Okay, so we have four nominees here. So there are a few suggestions, some very, very good suggestions that didn't quite make the cut. The ones that did make the nominee list are ones that had multiple votes for them. So first up we have, and through goes Hamilton at Silverstone. No surprises there. We have another entry from Silverstone as well, and that is Charles Leclerc on Hamilton at Cops. Next we have Daniel Ricciardo's double Alpine overtake in Hungary. And last, but certainly not least, is Vettel's overtake on Fernando Alonso on the line in Japan. Which I'm not sure was an overtake. I don't think so. He, he I think it was defending position. Yeah. But I think Alonso may have been ahead at some point through the corner. I guess technically. I mean, it was thrilling. It wasn't the best overtake of the year. <laughs> they were running side by side to the line. Well, do you want me to insert a different selection there, James? No, 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 because no I'm just kidding, have, my opinion. There, there is a brilliant overtake that hasn't made the list because it wasn't selected by multiple people. And that is Vettel on Kevin Magnussen at Cota. Yeah, that, that was great. You've made my very easy decision a lot more difficult because I was pretty, out of those original selections, I was with Charles around the outside of Cops. Yep. Seb's, Seb's was very good as well. Um, no, I'm going to go with, with Charles because that was stunning, even though we didn't get to see it because they just messed up the direction. Okay, I'm going to go because it didn't make the last award, right? And through goes Hamilton is my overtake of the year. That was the most exciting overtake I've seen. It was epic. Everything about it deserves the award. That's where I'm going and I'm sticking with it. I'm glad that you're passionate about that, but you're wrong. <laughs> I was quite passionate about it because it didn't win the last award, so it has to win this one. No, it was more deserving of the last award than it was this award. It was a great moment. It wasn't a great overtake. Yeah. He was on the racing. Basically he just went through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I'm like, aware just... what happened, Sam, because I was watching it on TV and I wasn't there. <laughs> so um, 
I, I'm sticking How's with it. drawing under a line, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with it. You can't change my mind. No, I can't change your mind. That's absolutely fine. Abby, what's your vote? I'm going to go with the Vessel one, even though it didn't officially make the nominee list. Because from... okay. <laughs> Ollie obviously disagrees because he's run out the room. Ollie's um... really upset about the Three Goes Hamilton. Because it, it's Vettel's last season. The Aston didn't have a great year. It got stronger towards the end. And the overtake was just great to see Vettel do that. We have a vote for Vessel. We have a vote for Charles Leclerc at Cops. We have a vote for Lewis Hamilton. I'm also on Charles Leclerc at Cops. I thought Daniel Ricciardo's double overtake is particularly good. It's Daniel Ricciardo of old. I loved watching it. So that certainly deserves some seconds of, of, of conversation. But I think given everything that has happened at Cops over the last couple of seasons, Charles Leclerc's overtake there was so well executed and proves that you can race at cops and not end up in the wall. So therefore, the winner of the best overtake of the season goes to Charles Leclerc for his overtake on Lewis Hamilton at cops. All right, on reflection, I think that I think that's the second best. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, it's all good. Abby voted for one on the long list, not the short list. So <laughs> all rules have kind of gone out the window at this point. Um, okay, so moving on uh, to mistake of the season. I'm quite looking forward to this one. And in fact, I haven't actually whittled down the order because I want to go through all of them because there's a bit of a theme here and it's just a little bit amusing. So first of all, we have Charles Leclerc in France. Obviously, the infamous no uh, that he screamed into his team radio. Next up, we have Ferrari strategists. And that is just a general, just an, a catalogue of mistakes, I assume. <laughs> Dude, is Not that one just, specific incident. Is, is that one category? Well, it's, it's an answer to okay. a category of question. <laughs> um, and I actually got multiple selections, um, interestingly enough, for something didn't didn't really answer the question um next up is the decision to put charles leclerc on hards in hungary uh, <laughs> next up is ferrari messing up charles leclerc's pit stop in monaco we also have another selection for ferrari pit stops generally uh so that's what five selections for, for ferrari, ferrari at this stage <laughs> and last uh, on the Ferrari list, at least, is the Brazil qualifying confusion. Um, and I assume that is multiple moments um, throughout that session because it was not their finest hour. I mean, it surely has to be actually sending Charles out on wet tyres on a dry track, though. That's <laughs> That was the, the peak of that. I mean, I say I assume that it's multiple, but they did actually put in brackets not having tyres ready, which is a different point okay. of the session to, to what you've mentioned there. So that's the six Ferrari options. The other options are Schumacher's crash at Monaco. And again, bringing it back to one of my favourite moments of the season, Alpine messing up the Piastri deal. And that again, 
was a multi-vote answer. Interesting. So we've got, what, eight selections there. So shall, shall we whittle it down to Ferrari strategy, Leclerc in France, Alpine messing up the McLaren deal, and Schumacher in Monaco? Well, this is difficult because Ferrari strategy was awful. Mm. Like, I mean, of course it was. As for the single biggest mistake, it could be Alpine. Astonishingly. I'm going to go with you, James. I think I think Alpine messing up that the entire thing, right? announcing a driver that they haven't signed. Um, yeah, They're losing two drivers in the space of a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna for me. It's yeah, easy. Abby, definitely Alpine. Ferrari did make many mistakes, but like you just. For an F1 team, you can't like. How do you even do that? Announce a driver when you haven't signed them. It's and I feel like that's overshadowed 2022 a bit as well, heading into 2023. So it's definitely Alpine for me. I mean, if you're going to be really technical, I would say it's not a mistake. It was a decision. It was a terrible, terrible PR decision. Um, but mistakes are born out of even... bad decisions, though, Sam. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. I mean, most yeah. mistakes, you'd say like Charles okay, crashing wasn't a decision he made, but like then sem- them sending <laughs> yeah. him out onto, onto wets on a dry track was a decision. So, I James, I'm not, I'm not for a second suggesting that someone selecting send tweet is the same as driving a 200 mile an hour race car. Mistakes are more likely one than they are the other. Um, for me, and again, obviously the vote has already passed, not trying to be deliberately contrarian, but the sheer tonnage of Ferrari mistakes for me makes it I can't go anywhere else. Yeah. Like it was just it became not only was it a running theme, it became a bit a bit of a bit. It was almost like they were doing it on purpose. It was this caricature. It was you know what? The season's gone. One would really amp up the, uh, yeah. the humour. To, to be fair, <laughs> that's what we spent every 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 Sunday. We were on our live race chat where we all talk to each other during a race, and it was wait for it. Ferrari mistakes gonna come. Wait for it. Wait for it. But if you're talking single mistake, it does have to be that because um, Ferrari made so many. It's difficult to pick from one. That's what I mean. Like, it, yeah, it's almost one of those. Would you rather fight uh, one Charles Leclerc-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized Charles Leclerc? <laughs> I think we should we should ask Charles Leclerc that question himself. In fact, would he rather be one duck-sized Charles Leclerc? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I've, I've, I've forgotten but, uh, just just for the yeah. listeners the drinks are now flowing um, I'm not sure if you can uh, you can tell but um, yes we have downed a few drinks so far so uh, continue Sam well I mean the winner of mistake of the season goes to Alpine for the Piasco as it has become infamously known as fair enough Ferrari you know you deserve an honorable mention. You know, we won't let that be forgotten. Don't They've worry. taken enough flack this season, I think. Let's, let's give them, give them yes. a day off. Yes. But just a day. 
Okay, so next up we have biggest surprise of the season, and this is the team category. So again, this wasn't given any direction, this question. This was, are they a good surprise or are they a bad surprise? So the nominees are Alpine, Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Mercedes. So guys, what do you think of the, the good surprises? What do you think of the bad surprises? <laughs> such a, it's such a weird question. What, what do you think of the good surprises? Um, I think, I, I guess it just depends how you interpret the, the award, but the biggest surprise of the season for me was Mercedes performance. Uh, I was not expecting them to be third when it came to the end and I know Abby's spoke and we've all spoken about um, starting from the bottom now we're here but in terms of surprises for this season yeah Mercedes eight times world champions being so far off and it doesn't matter what they did towards okay. the end of the season they were still so far off so Ollie you're going with the biggest surprise being how bad Mercedes were at the start of the season Abby, are you going to go with the journey Mercedes went on? And to quote Miley Cyrus, the climb that they came, they went through over the year. Oh, yes, I don't just listen to Drake, man. You could even quote, you could even quote Oasis, little by little, right? I mean, there's so many quotes, but let's not do that. I mean, there's, I feel like there's lots of Oasis songs that would fit this. Uh, this particular yeah. tale. Don't look back in anger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's loads, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with Ollie. I mean, initially, for me, the biggest surprise for the team isn't actually one that's been mentioned. Um, but if we're going with the nominees, it is Mercedes because I thought that coming from Abu Dhabi 2021, that with the new rules and regulations and cars, they would nail it and bring the fight back to Red Bull and kind of come back with a vengeance and they didn't they got their car very wrong and I think it set them back like 10 months in terms of development for 2023 so it was surprising that the perfect team did fail to make the perfect car I was just gonna say Miley Cyrus would be jealous but gone <laughs> I don't think I can vote for Mercedes because in a pre-season prediction I I said I thought they would fall back. I didn't think they would fall that far back or struggle as much as they did at the start of the season, but I did think they were going to maybe uh, drop back to second or third. I mean, you can argue where they finished. I guess they won the constructors, lost the drivers, whatever. So it was Alpine, Hassan, Alpha, right? The other three? Alpha, yeah. I would say Alpine did probably what I expected overall. Yeah. Um, so Hassan, Alpha... I think Hass's start, they both started really well and then tailed off really similarly. So it's, it's really hard to separate them. Yeah, for me, Alpine, like you, James, going into the year, everyone was saying they could be quick, but they're going to be unreliable, which is exactly what, you know, turned out to be. Hass was, it was, for me, was more predictable that they'd take a step forward. I didn't think it'd be quite the step forward they took, at least in the early part of the season. But Alfa Romeo seemed like they were a team on the down. They were struggling. They had a great year of childhood glow in 2018. And from there, it just been kind of getting progressively worse. So that's my natural surprise of the year. The fact they turned it around in tandem with Valtteri Bottas and Zhou Guanyu, also surprising. So as an overall package, I think they were the most surprising. 
So hold on. I've lost complete track of who's voting for what here. James, did you even vote? Oh, no, I was halfway. So I was just discussing with Sam, and he's <laughs> won me over, which makes it to all, and it's a draw. Well, uh, and um, uh, for the listeners, Sam just picked up his glass of wine. <laughs> was about to have a lovely swig on it, and now he's realised he's got to give the award out. So I'm going to fill for Sam whilst <laughs> just drink it quick, man. Um, Thank you. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just reveling in my art of persuasion. <laughs> so that was a great discussion that we had about um, about which team surprised us. Sam, would you like to give the award now you've had a swig on your drink? Yes, so this is our, I believe, third joint award of the uh, of the evening. Mercedes, courtesy of Ollie and Abby, you are half of the winner, if that's how that worked. And the other half of the winner <laughs> is Alpha and Mayo. So they are our combined joint biggest surprise of the season team category. And again as we've done the last two as well. In terms of overall votes from the pool, the Friars, and other members at Formula Nerd, Mercedes had two votes. Alfa Romeo had five. Alfa Romeo were walking it in that perspective. So congratulations to you both. You shocked us and delighted us with equal measure. <laughs> Sam, okay. do you need me to so take over? <laughs> No, no, I'm all good. I'm all good. Moving on to our biggest surprise of the season driver category. We have four nominees here. Like the last category, we've whittled it down. And these are the multi-voted nominees. Evan Magnussen. Alex Albon. Lando Norris. And Nick DeVries. I mean, I'm fine because I already voted for him for a different category, but I would say Joe has been hard done by there not to get nominated. Uh, But it allows me to vote for the guy that I nearly voted for on the previous one, which was Nick DeVries. Nick DeVries. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Biggest surprise of the season driver was Nick DeVries. I can't wait to see him next year. Honestly, I I literally cannot wait to see what he's got um, to show us. So Nick DeVries. I'm the same as Ollie and James. It has to be Nick. I expected him to outperform Latifi, which isn't that hard to do in the Williams in his debut. Oof. But to get points in his debut was amazing. So it's DeVries. That's that's fair. I mean, Nick DeVries has the same surprise. Boo, I'm here. Didn't expect to see me <laughs> on the grid element that Kevin Magnussen has uh, in the... Yeah, you, we just weren't expecting them. So, <laughs> fair play. Uh, also, Kevin Magnuson, I've voted for for the underdog of the season, so I don't want to kind of cover ground that I've already covered. Lando Norris, not really a surprise. Everyone knows that he's a real deal at this stage, right? Everyone knows that he's got the edge on Daniel Ricciardo. Everyone knows that he, if given a competitive package, could be a world champion one day. So that wasn't really much of a surprise to me. What was a surprise was Alex Albon coming back, really confident, looking really assured, proving that he is every bit the driver that people thought he was in the first half of that year that he had with Toro Rosso and then Red Bull in his debut season in 2019. I'm going to go Alex Albon for my vote because 
I'm just thrilled for the guy. But that doesn't change the result. Nick DeVries, who was replacing Alex Albon for the Italian Grand Prix, has taken the award. Congratulations, Nick. We hope you've enjoyed the Formula Nerds Awards so far. Um, Fill up your drinks, get some snacks. And moving on to our final award of the evening. It's the F1 Personality of the Year Award. Okay, so I'm actually... Initially, I'd whittled it down to multi-entries, but I'm going to go with all of the suggestions here because I think it would be a nice conversation to have to acknowledge some of the contributions up and down the grid. So we have Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, Sebastian Vettel, Martin Brundle, Daniel Ricciardo, Valtteri Bossas, a joint entry for Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda, Carlos Sainz, and lastly, Fernando Alonso. I'm very surprised Crofty didn't make that, but Martin Brundle did. Um, you know, I would have expected both of them to, because Crofty's quite a personality. Um, woof. Okay, there's, there's a lot to take in there. I didn't expect a non-driver to be nominated, though, so <laughs> give me a minute. No, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that Martin was, because I feel like his, his grid walks are a real thankless task, and I don't think he particularly enjoys them, and it's very much for the viewer's entertainment. I'll run you through who the multi-vote entries were, and this was what the shortlist was going to be. That was Lando Norris, Sebastian Vettel, Daniel Ricciardo and Valtteri Bossas. Those were the four that it would have been between. Um, And I particularly liked one of the Daniel Ricciardo entries that said, even when his career was going to shit, he still turned up to the Austin paddock on Horsey McCall's face. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Great point. Um... All right, I'm ready. I'm going to give my F1 personality of the year to Sebastian Vettel. I think, um, I think he is the personality of the year. I don't think there's there's much to change. I know that personality of the year awards they can be debated in terms of what they actually mean. It's not necessarily about your, your personality. Um, well, surely that's the only reason why Max Verstappen's <laughs> on this list, right? <laughs> Yeah, do, do we have a worse personality of the year award? Um, I, <laughs> I'm, yeah, this I, I stand by what I just said. I'm never going to edit that out. Um, yeah, uh, Sebastian Vettel, what a fantastic human he has. Um, I, I want to say become, but I f- feel like we we didn't know the real Sebastian Vettel before, um, and we've come to know who he is now. So yeah, Sebastian Vettel for me, and I'm really going to miss him. Um, uh, Aston Martin put out a by Seb video. I can't remember what it was called, but it, it was a, a Danka Seb is what it was called, um, and yeah, it, it legitimately brought tears to my eyes. Um, he he's a fantastic human, and it's so nice to see like him and Lewis Hamilton being genuine friends after everything they've been through. And um, yeah, no one else on that list can match what Seb's done. Vettel, over the last couple of years, I think has been the outstanding F1 personality in terms of what he's done this season he was on question time he he's done so much outside of the sport 
But I have to go for Valtteri Bossas. What the f- Sam? Who the thought? Are you being serious? I'm, I'm being deadly serious. Personality. I know this is like a shell. This is an thank you. It's an Abby like suggestion. It's I know. What his personality started from the bottom. Now it's here. No, as in (laughs) Abby will just throw out a suggestion you just weren't expecting. Yeah, you just did. Uh, But also, and I know it's technically after the season, but his mullet video had me in stitches. (laughs) Yeah, he just it's he's moved on from Mercedes. He feels so. He clearly looks and feels so much more comfortable in the Alfa Romeo setup. He had a great season, and it, it, his personality is shining through. He is coming out of his shell. He's being less corporate, and there's real character there. And I actually think he could be the person to to take the mantle from Daniel Ricciardo next season. So, um, for me, uh, that that's a personality big, that's year, a big shell. Oh come on, like. Uh, Okay, he's still finished, so he's still naturally, if we're going by that logic, he's still quite stoic in his the way that he has delivered his humor. Yes, and that's why Whereas I meant Daniel Ricardo is the opposite of that. Yeah, but there's there's different ways to be funny, right? Oh I know. I just mean like I don't know, I Daniel's the jester, isn't he? I like I think there's a, the space that he will leave. And Valtteri is the king. <laughs> okay. No, but I think you're right in terms of the Finnish drivers that we've seen at the top of the sport have had that kind of stoic, kind of very competitive, you know, I'm here to work attitude. Mika Akinen, Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, Kimi Raikkonen is accidentally funny. But Valtteri Bottas, I think, genuinely knows his audience, plays to his audience, and I think he will do. Once you take Ricardo out of the equation... I think it's his time to shine. And that video, the mullet video, is absolutely his coming out party. (laughs) (laughs) So, you can't see that. No, I don't mean coming out. Oh, oh, no, I don't mean coming out as in coming out. As in coming out as in like, you know, as in him announcing himself as the uh, the Joker of the grid. Yeah, for reference, I've just gone and got a picture of Valtteri Bottas that I have on my shelf. That sounds even weirder than I intended it to. But that's not the same Valtteri that we know now. So, Sam, I'll give you that, right? That, that's a corporate Valtteri here. When it, and for reference, this is when he was at Mercedes. I'm right, and you know it. Abby, are you going to confirm my rightness, or are you going to futilely argue against me Abby's going to say something that we're not expecting I can bet you that you make a convincing argument because oh. Bottas has like changed since he's been at Alpha and left Mercedes I think the McLaren boys are always favoured by everyone they're very funny they have a laugh with space hoppers even if it does go wrong and Everyone likes them, but I feel like the F1 personality, I have to agree with Ollie here, is Seb because he has so much about him and he's done so much in the last couple of years with F1 and the wider world that it, I just feel like it has to go to him. So the only way that I can have any kind of effect on my final vote of tonight (laughs) is to pick Valtteri Bottas. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Otherwise it's it's a redundant vote. (laughs) 
It's funny how democracy works, isn't no, it? No, but your opinion, yeah. James, is the opinion that matters. Okay, well, my opinion. Uh, was it Martin... Was his I can because I just did, was that this year or last year? I think that was this year. Yeah. I think that was Cota then, wasn't it? Because that must mm. have been last year. Either way, I'm going to give it to Martin. I love Martin. I love his grid walks. I know he did something equally brilliant this year. I just can't remember off the top of my head what it was. Uh, I'll give it to Martin. Yeah, I mean, I, for reference, I, I absolutely love Martin. He's like, he feels he feels like my uncle. He might be closer family than that in terms of how much we all love Martin. But it's not the year. Maybe next year he should take this award, but not this year. Um, but I'm glad that we managed to talk about Martin because I think, although he's the only non-driver on the list, I think he's fully deserving, more deserving than others maybe. But it is Sebastian Vettel who takes that the F1 Personality of the Year award. Two votes to one to one. So congratulations, Sebastian Vettel. You might have thought your legacy would be for World Championships consecutively. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, a passing gift is the nerdy for F1 Personality of the Year. I hope you cherish it as much as you do every win, pole position and world title you earned. And that is the last of the awards to hand out this evening. I, I would just like to say a big well done and thank you to Sam for all the hard work you put into that. So round of applause, everybody. You're my personality of the year, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, James. I appreciate that. Uh, you sound like my mother. <laughs> Didn't you say that earlier, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. That somewhat was... reliable, yes. I'm yeah. somewhat reliable, but I'm also my mum's personality of the year. <laughs> I say that. She's got four kids, and I'm definitely not the favourite. I think I'm actually potentially the least favourite. So, you know. I hope your mum doesn't listen anyway. to this podcast, because if she does, she's going to feel guilty as hell tomorrow. Oh, no, she 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 does listen to podcasts, because <laughs> she is actually quite proud of me. Uh, she's an artist, and she likes that I'm <laughs> making my own art in some way. <laughs> paving my own way. Oh dear. So that was the Formula Nerds 2022 season awards. Now we're all slightly intoxicated by this point, but uh, Sam, thank you so much for all of your effort, and um, I, I really enjoyed it myself. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope I was the host with the most uh, for you this evening. Um, <laughs> And this will be the anxiety-inducing moment that I remember this evening when I'm trying to get to sleep. So thank you very much for having me, and I look forward to podcasting with you again soon. I don't think you're going to need any help getting to sleep tonight. Um, James, thank you very, very much for everything you've done this year as well. And to you, Sam, um, by the way, as our editor-in-chief of FormulaNerds.com. Um, and you James's personality of the year. Yeah, but Sam, you, you run a massive team of writers here at the Formula Nerds, so thank you very much for all the work you do. Uh, James, you're part of the senior editorial team, and you host, of course, the news show for us, so thank you. And did you enjoy this merry evening that we've had together doing the awards? I really did. Uh, I'm now officially in the Christmas spirit, all thanks to this. 
Fantastic. And Abby is also part of our senior editorial team. Uh, this, this is the stuff that people just don't see behind the scenes, that the hours you spend um, proofreading, checking things, making sure everything's scheduled, all of, we're covering all the news that we should be. But Abby, thank you so much for all the work you do. And um, can you tell I've had a glass of wine? Because I mean, very caring, aren't I? But um, thank you very much. And uh, did you enjoy this? <laughs> this award ceremony as much as I clearly have. I did. It was a fun episode to do and I'm looking forward to next year's awards as well and hopefully it will be just as good. See, it's not about the 22 season. It's about the award ceremony at the end and that <laughs> is the song that Miley Cyrus should have written and whilst I'm still talking, <laughs> I couldn't do what I do without James Nappy so all the credit in the world to, to those two as well. Um, they're invaluable and indispensable. Likewise, to all of you. Ah, oh, yeah. oh, let's have a hug. Right, that is all we've got time for this year. So thank you so much to all of our listeners we've we've had over a hundred thousand listeners this year and that, that, that it's incredible that people sit and listen to us so thank you so much to our listeners for listening and um as always get in touch with us join the facebook group we've got an amazing facebook community just search formula nerds group on facebook you can chat to people just like yourself who love f1 <laughs> merry christmas <laughs> to you all Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.